To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Can we record the podcast and stop teasing me? Bro, we need a good bloopers reel, bro. <laughs> Welcome to the Peanated Bench Woman's Podcast, episode 54. I got my guy Ramon here, I got Carlos here, but none of that is important. <laughs> I know that everybody's waiting on my reaction to my New Orleans Saints losing in the wild card round versus the Vikings. And I'll tell you. I feel like I need to get the violin out right First now. of all, <laughs> if your team didn't make the playoffs... I don't want I don't want to enter this conversation with you. If your team was unable to accomplish anything this season as far as making the postseason, you shouldn't have anything to say. But in response to everyone else, I'll admit as a Saints fan, I will be unbiased in my opinion. It's three things that I feel like we have to do this offseason to get to another space. I think that our linebacker core is set. I think that they are a talented bunch. I think that they are effective. I think that our front line, front line, when we get when we get when we get set, we already got Cam Jordan, who's an All Pro, and we got Demario Davis, who's a linebacker, who's All Pro. But of course, we got Davenport and Sheldon Rankins coming back. I think that that's huge. But I think we have to address the quarterback <laughs> position. I don't think that Drew Brees. I think that he's at that age where it's time for him to hang it up. I think that he's he's a goat. He's the goat. You know, he's one of the greatest of all time, leading the league all time in in, in uh, receiving. I mean, in passing yards, and as well as he's up there in touchdown passes. Uh, I think he's leading in touchdown yeah, passes. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think that his career is 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 set. But I mean, just the things that I saw. You know, first let's start off with the pick that he threw. The ball was was underthrown by like a lot. You know, which caused a major pick. Then the second, your fumble that you made. I mean, come on. You're a vet. You read it. You The line did good enough. I mean, okay, the Vikings defensive line gave us fits all day, but I think that they gave him at least two seconds to read that, okay, my primary read is not open. I need to look for an – I need to at least have an escape route in the back of my mouth. For you to take a fumble in that instance and not have any mindset to protect the ball, it's just saying that your timing may be off. And I think another knock on Breeze, too, and I love Breeze, but it's that he plays too much hero ball. I think that he's, he he tries to make things happen when he doesn't instead of taking what the defense gives him. And I, I think that's what it is. But I think I tip my hat out to the Vikings. I think that they, they're clearly the better team won. I think they, they outplayed us in every aspect of the game, whether it's the passing game, whether it's the rushing game, whether it was just defense. They, they outplayed us really, really well. And, you know, I think that we fell short. 
But I think until we address those things right there, especially the the quarterback position, I think that the Saints may be finding themselves in a bad spot. And then the bad thing is we have a lot of people on the books that we got to pay. We got to look at playing Ramchick. We got to look at playing Kamara. We got to look at paying uh, Marcus Williams if we decide to. Uh, or or Mar- and Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore. And I think we have to address our secondary. Nobody's going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Our secondary is trash. Our secondary is trash. I mean, it's no, it's no way around it. I think that a lot of people avoid this conversation. We've been avoiding it. I mean, how much are we going to lean on potential with Marshawn? Marshawn is who he is. I watched Thielen, Adam Thielen beat him all day on the same route. Kirk Cousins, he didn't make it hard for Kirk Cousins at all. Now, Adam Thielen is, is a great player, but if you look at Adam Thielen in the second half of the season, Adam Thielen has been the most irrelevant receiver in the NFL. I mean, I, and he, he beating you on a zigzag route? Come on, man. Like, we have to address the secondary. Marcus Williams, I mean, let's not even talk about him. I forgave him for the Minnesota miracle. But... As many as, as missed tackles he's made and misreads that he's made this year, I can't I can no longer give him a pass. Von Bell, why is he even a safety? I mean he makes great tackles. He plays well around the line of scrimmage, but he couldn't cover he couldn't cover he couldn't cover better than a blanket. He couldn't do anything with as far as covering like we have to address that secondary. And I guess we thought Janoris Jenkins was going to come in. But Janoris Jenkins is Janoris Jenkins. He's going to get you some 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 turnovers. But as far as a cover corner, I don't know if he's quite there when you, when you want to man up. So I think that we have a lot of issues that we have to resolve. But, I mean, I think that it proved us tonight that I think we fooled ourselves. Uh, we had a record of what uh, we only lost three games in the season this year. But I think that it's just at a point where you have to admit and look at your team and, and make some changes. You know, we can't make emotional changes. Like, we have to do something, but I don't know what we can do because, I mean, we drafted a secondary that we thought could could get us there. But, I mean, our secondary couldn't make plays. Our linebacker stepped up, but when it came down to third and eight and you know that they're going to pass the ball and they're beating you on the same route, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. So, me, me, me dive in here. I know you had a lot to get off your chest there. Bro, let me say this without you jumping in. One, myself... You, Rob, and you, Ramon, we all have something in common. Our team's not in the playoffs. <laughs> okay? So, secondly, I would say the game was lost in the trenches. You know, um, and I agree with all the points you made there, Rob. Y'all do make y'all secondary is a little leaky. But you look at the numbers, right? You look at the numbers that the Saints put up, right? You look at Kamara. Seven carries, 21 yards. Uh, Latavius Murray. Five carries, 21 yards. You're not going to win a playoff football game by not running the football. You know, you look at all the teams that, that's won yesterday. And by yesterday, I mean Saturday. We're recording this on a Sunday. All the teams that won, they, they players, their main backs, got the carries, got the touches. You know what I'm saying? You look at what the Vikings did on the other side. Dalvin Cook, 28 carries, 94 yards, two touchdowns. 28 carries. That's how you're winning the game. You're grinding your defenses down. And you carrying the ball. I feel like the Saints get too cute with all this, this here and there. Now these plays work here and there, but it's not going to win you playoff game. You got to run the ball. You got to take your shot plays here and there. But you can't keep continue doing all these cute plays here and there. All that stuff is fun and stuff to watch with the tight end, running back, 
kickoff return or whatever he is and Taysom Hill. That all that stuff is fun, but I feel like I feel like you should do more. They should they should run the ball with Kamara. Yeah, I mean I I agree with you as well. Uh, I don't think that Kamara has been healthy um, for the second half of the season. He hadn't looked as explosive as you know he's been that I've seen his whole career. I think that he's a little banged up with that ankle injury that he's been dealing with. I don't think that he's really at a point to where he could take the load. I, I would prefer, honestly, for us to have given uh, Murray more carries. Uh, DeMar, I mean, not DeMar, oh, she, Jamal Murray. Was Latavius. Latavius Murray. Either one, same type of name. But, <laughs> you know, I, I expected you know, Latavius to get more carries, you know, throughout the season. I've always said that. And I, I agree, Lowe's. I think that we do play the finesse game too much. Uh, I think we do live and die about it. Uh, but my main concern is the best throw of the game was made by my third-string quarterback, you know, uh, which was accredited to the same type of shot play that, that Breeze had. Breeze couldn't make the throw, and 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 uh, Taysom Hill could make the throw. Which which led to our first touchdown of the game. My concern is that the only time we was able to score and, and what what came into play and us having an opportunity to score was through my third team quarter third string quarterback and which led to a Alvin Kamara carry into the end zone. I mean, I just think that we have to tear it down, man. I know we don't want to, but I think we're gonna have to because I feel like if we don't, we're gonna end up paying guys who, who aren't really deserving of those big contracts. Which I don't. I'm not a big fan of paying Marshawn. I'm not a big fan of paying Marcus Williams either. Well, when you say tear it down, to what extent? Because I don't. I, I think that we have to get we have to get a quarterback. I don't. I don't know if we're gonna uh, give uh, Breeze a. Uh, if Breeze say, look, at this point, I'm willing to take a discount and we give him some type of BS uh, one-year type deal or whatever and, and and have him. I think that if we were to retain him, I think that it would set our franchise back. Um, I do think that uh, as far as uh, Alvin Kamara, I do think that you would want to retain him. Uh, I do think that I'm going to, you know, we should retain him. I do think that you know, for MT, of course, you know, MT is retained and locked in. But I think we got to do some work on that secondary. I don't mm-hmm. think it's, I don't think that it's there. So, I guess, speaking of secondary right now, that call at the end or that no call with the whole PI, you know, the Saints kind of falling victim to that again. What's your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, I thought it was kind of a clear push. My thought there, as wasn't. a Saints fan, and I think a lot of Saints fans need to cut it out. I think at this point we're looking very ridiculous. I think that we're, as a Saints fan, we're looking very desperate, uh, and, and we're looking very scapegoatish. We want to blame the refs for every loss because of the Rams. Now, now, granted, the Rams situation that was a blatant offensive pass interference. I mean, that was blatant defensive pass interference, and we realized that that was a mistake. But with this, I just think you're looking for something. I mean, that, but I mean, you don't you think could, that was a you I, in that play there. That play, literally, you could call that every play. That is not an OPI. And it, That's true. If, he, if, if the defender would have failed or, or would have been affected, because I don't feel like the defender was affected. I feel like Rudolph, without that push, I would have got the catch anyway. It was a mismatch. And that's what, that's what happened. When you run the ball so well, we couldn't afford to put somebody over the top because we was, we was bracing for Cooks to run through, through, through the line again. And which... Uh, Kirk Cousins 
confirmed in the post-game interview is that it was a run. But when you got a, a, a safety on a tight end, you got to take that matchup every time. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't an OPI. I wish Saints fans would cut it out. There are bigger issues. And then my main thing that will cut all of this out is that we have to stop putting ourselves in positions to where we have to rely on referees to make the right oh call. We got to stop doing that. If we're not in a great position and if, if we would play well and, and make plays, if Will Lutz will make a, a doggone routine field goal, what are you doing all week? You have one job. You have one job. And it's the practice kicks all week. And you get down to the playoffs and you miss a routine 54-yard field goal. Like, Lutz, I've seen you make better, make more difficult field goals in more difficult situations than today. That would have changed the scope of the game. Yeah. You know, Breeze, I need you to stop forcing it. Like, why would you, in that particular moment, when you threw that pick, it was before the two-minute one. You could have let the clock run down and discuss what play I went on. But no, what do you want to do, Breeze? I want to hurry up to the line and throw a shot play, and you get picked off. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, so this loss, this loss is is predicated on it's on. It has to rely on Drew Breeze' shoulders, and it has to rely on the Saints coaching staff. That's what it relies on. Because you got our coached, you got our schemed, and then. Drew Brees, you got outplayed. You know, Alvin Kamara, I know he's injured, but he got outplayed as well. But as a coach, you noticing that uh, Kamara is not 100%, then go with the hot hand. Murray did did great. I think he had over 100 yards in, in Alvin Kamara's absence this season. You know, we got to do better with that, man. We got to stop playing this, you know, catering type seal. And I feel like it's a catering type franchise. I think another thing, too, just even when you were kind of talking about the future of the Saints and all of that, and I, I really don't feel that the Saints are far off. I mean, obviously, when you're 13 and 3, you're not far off. Um, and you're talking about the movement and the transition. But it don't matter what you do in the regular right. season. No, no, I understand that. I get that. I get that. But to me, little things that can be done, which t- this is a more so a major one. Like you were saying, I think it's time to move on from Drew and go to Teddy. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that Teddy can be a franchise quarterback. Imagine Teddy having a full offseason knowing that he's the guy and you being able to scheme around his talents. But what I also think the Saints need to do to me in this draft, this is one of the deepest drafts in recent history for wide receivers. They have to get yes, another yes, yes. they have to get another reliable weapon opposite Michael Thomas. Now Michael Thomas still would have what like seven receptions, I think, for 70 yards today, but when when teams look to blanket MT, like that is that is Drew Brees live live or die like weapon right there in MT. And so when you don't have another reliable weapon, you know, opposite of that, that puts your offense but, in, in dire situations too sometimes. And I think that this draft is great for the wide receiver position. I think you can pick up a very nice talent, huh? I think that, it, you know, also, I mean, watching and watching the game, it don't feel like Breeze. MT really is never covered, but Breeze wasn't comfortable taking the five and six-yard plays. He It was only one drive where he was comfortable doing that, and that was the, the scoring drive late in the game uh, where, they, where ultimately it led to them tying the game. But, it, you know, Ultimately, he was always looking down the field, looking for something that wasn't there, and that kind of that's kind of what frustrated me. But you know, it's like you said, uh, which we're gonna get into a segment. Let's not move on. I don't want to make this all a Saints thing, but I mean, those are my initial thoughts after Saints just letting my emotions out. And another thing, I wanna I wanna 
want to address as well uh, or with people that are that are, are under this impression that that because Drew Brees had a great had broke the record for the most passing yards and the most most passing touchdowns in the in the league, that doesn't excuse him for faulty mediocre play in in the postseason. This is the second year in a row where Drew has displayed noodle on. Well, he makes it to the postseason and he can't throw more than forty yards. It's it's time out for that. We gotta stop making excuses for this man. It stops at the ball, and it stops in the, in the, in the front office. It stops at Gail Benson, and we have to demand something better. We have to look toward the future. Yeah, we love Drew, and we love that he brought this city a championship. We love that he revived us from Katrina. We love all of this, but it's time to move on from him. I love Drew Brees, and I love him for what he's done. He's a great guy, and I'm not calling for any man's job, but I'm just saying something has to be done differently. This is three times in a row. Last year wasn't our fault, but ultimately you can really point to Drew Brees and his mediocre play when it comes down to postseason or why we end up in a position where a ref could mess up our future with a P.I. call and because of his type of play. And it stops with father him. Father time is undefeated, bro. Father, father time, time is under, undefeated. undefeated. You know, Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback at best, but he was able to make the throws that needed to be made. You like that? And it was... Come on. <laughs> 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 And it was some type of <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> All right, man. Right, you got though. But you know, and it's because of, you know Kirk Cousins is polished, you know, and he's a younger guy. But you know, I think it, it comes down to that, and I think that it it, it just wrapping this Saints segment up because we got to talk about the other wild card games going on. Uh, but it's just that enough, you know. You you have to really be honest with yourself, and you know. It was, you know, defense wasn't that great. But our defense did enough to, especially second half, they, you know, toward the end of the game and and what they were able to do in stopping the run after letting Cooks run over them the whole game. You know, we did well toward the end. They put us in positions as an offense to, to, to really uh, wrap that game up. But we weren't able to do anything offensively. Even when you look at the first half, you know, I think the defense put a, put the offense in position. But what you look at, three and out. If you keep going three and out, your defense is going to be too tired. And the defense was out there too much in the first half. Yeah. And that's what's causing them to be fatigued. Yeah. No, I, bro, first let me take my hat off to you, Rob. And so much respect I've gained for you in this last 20 minutes that you've been talking about the Saints. Because right now I feel like you are <laughs> – Looking in the mirror, you, you you speaking real. I think I mentioned this last year when the Saints and Rams game happened that the Saints got to look in the mirror when it comes to Drew. And I think you're doing that and you're seeing that now with these these losses and these things that are happening. And I have so much respect for you also with the Office of Pass Interference call. You know, like like you said, perfectly said. You know, like you you they put themselves in that situation. You know, they were already down on the one-yard line because the defense got beat. You know what I'm saying? They put themselves in that situation, you know, from bad defense, from bad play calling, from things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Now, I understand Marshawn went out on that play and got hurt to play before. You know, you look at all those aspects, but, again, you look at that, you cannot. That happens every play when a player is pushing off and all at the hand fighting and hand checking. I can't – you know, they always want to blame the refs and stuff like that. And I, and I think that's why – 
a lot of Saints fans out there, and you know, every time I post something about the Saints or whatever, I lose followers and friends and stuff like that. I get it, you know, I, I get it. But I think I have no problem with the Saints. I have problems with their fans and the excuses constantly. It gets annoying after a while, you know, and everybody takes notice to this. The league, the refs, and all that stuff. Nobody gonna help the Saints, bro. Every every game, these type of calls, missed calls happen. Like, I, it just gets to a point where it's like, come on, man, just play ball. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like you always on eggshells when you're watching the Saints game because you don't want nothing big to happen or a missed call to happen because I'm like, oh, we gotta hear this for the next week or so. You know, it's like you gotta get to a point where you look in the mirror and it's like, okay, we I got our coach. They got our coach today. You know, the Saints really got out coached today. And that's just point blank, period. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's what I'm saying. I can't speak for all Saints fans, but, I mean, just with anybody. You know, I follow, I follow a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot because I just don't like... When I know that you don't know sports, I feel like you shouldn't speak on it because of me and what was to me. To what I hold sports close to my heart. Like, if you, don't, if you can't look at something and be uh, unbiased about it, and if you don't know what you're talking about, like, I don't talk sports casually, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Obviously, I got a whole podcast, you know? So, it's certain people that just really just don't know sports at all and don't know the game. All they know is the, is the final score. They don't know what goes into that. All they know is the Saints lost, but they don't know why they lost. We lost because we got beat. We lost because we don't deserve to be there. And honestly, I feel like if we would have won this game, it wasn't too much we was going to do the next round anyway. And just the way we play. There's no way a higher seed... Should should be if if a higher seed is is struggling in the wild card matchup with the lower seed, I don't know how much damage they're gonna do in the in the in the next round. So you know, I I mean, matchup wise, I feel like we should have won the game. We we did a good job on Stephon Diggs. Uh, Thielen was having a a freaking field day with with Marshawn Lattimore. Ate his lunch today. Secondary got our play. Linebackers did pretty pretty decent. Our front front four. You know, we didn't do too well. Um, I, f- I feel like, considering the circumstances, because those are second and, and third stringers with Davenport and, and Rankins out, but we just got our play. We got our coach. I mean, just, we can move on from that. So, unless y'all got something else to say about it. Nah. Yeah, got no, no. Okay. We can move on. Yeah, okay. That's it. All right, thanks. Thanks. So, and shout uh, out to Daniel Hunter, though, LSU, man. Sorry, bro. Bro, really, bro? It's LSU, bro. Bro, I'm just... sick of y'all. Man, y'all just mad because y'all teams ain't making the playoffs. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we had another overtime game yesterday, Saturday afternoon. I watched that whole game. It was a very sloppy game. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that uh, other than the, the last drive, Deshaun Watson, to me, didn't look that good to me. I think that he struggled throughout the whole game. Now, Ooh, I, think, I won't say the whole game. I thought he was much better in the second half. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. Well, I, I guess the whole. Yeah. I, I guess I, I thought once they kind of yeah. got rolling a little bit in the second. Yeah, half. when he get, when they got rolling toward, I think they got rolling towards like the mid fourth quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, maybe. But I think up until that point, they had kind of a struggle. Uh, I think that Deshaun Watson, that, that massive play where, you know, two guys was just hanging off him. I don't know how yeah, he escaped that. They call him the Houston Houdini, uh, which is right a rightfully pegged name for him. You know, I, I mean, until that play, I mean, he wowed us. And, I mean, it just shows you what Deshaun Watson can do. He got a lot of heart. And he, yeah. he did it at Clemson against Bama. When he, when they were down late in the, in the national championship game, and he, he did it again against Buffalo. 
Yeah, I, I think the thing with uh, with that game, and especially with Deshaun Watson, I don't think it was as much about him, quote-unquote, not playing well, um, especially first half-wise. I think that offensive line, he just, I mean, you looked at it, I think he got sacked seven times in that game, and that offensive line has been an issue for years there. And, you know, I know they brought in Tunsil, and Tunsil was a pro bowler to try to help that situation. Uh, but even you look at last year, they led the league in, you know, sacks surrendered. Um, and so I think that that was a, a, a big issue there within that game. But like you said, to me, at a certain point, it almost was like both teams were just almost like, will you take it? Like, yeah. what, they giving it to each Especially other, basically. Like, I mean, the Bills, I mean, they, they hadn't won a playoff game, I thought, I think, in, since, what, 96? 95, I want to say. Because I think they said that Josh Allen was born in 96. And they look, they look like they looked like it, you know. They just look like a team that, even though they didn't really, uh, they don't have any connections to that 96 team or what the Bills were. But it just seems like they, they have nothing. It's like everybody in that locker room, as far, including the coaching staff, they just don't have that killer instinct to go ahead and like look we up 18 points we about to go ahead and kill this we about to what are they up 16 16 16 16 points we're up 16 points 16 nothing we're not about we about to win this game we're about to close it out you know uh josh allen you know with the lateral at that point in the game like what what are you doing like what are you doing like take what they give you and get down and go to the next play don't try to lateral luckily it was recovered by the bills and you know, they was able to move on, but it's, it's stuff like that. Just some of the throws he was making, some of the decisions he was making just was questionable. And, you know, in the beginning of the game, he was looking really good. He was looking better than Deshaun in the first half. But, like, I guess that pressure started cooking, and, you know, he just started, you know, started making, you know, started looking like a third-year quarterback. No, definitely. I mean, you look at his numbers, what he did, you know, you threw about 46 times during that game. In a game that was relatively close, in a game that they led 16 nothing at one point, 46 times in a game, that should tell you the story right there. So, again, it comes down to coaching, man. Like, everybody was talking about the Texans' first half, how they um, got down 21 nothing last year in the first half, and then they got down uh, 16 or 13 nothing this half, I mean, uh, this game, uh, this year, and everybody was talking about how the Texans and their coaching, and then you can tell their adjustments. You can always tell from coaching uh, what type of adjustments a team makes in the first half to the second half. The second half, the Texans obviously made the better adjustments. They started running the ball. Deshaun started using his legs more, uh, and they started featuring um, uh, Hopkins more. Yeah, Deion. The Hopkins. They said, he came out and said that he wanted the one-on-one matchup with White, with Tredavious White. And, he and you know, LSU, that's another LSU DBU. But he beat him second half. He beat him, and, you know, he set up a lot of plays, a lot of field goals, a lot of touchdowns by Hopkins getting that one-on-one matchup. Yeah, yeah man. I, no. I mean, it, it, you said it right, bro. I, I mean, it, it does – you do look at the coach. when I think sometimes you can coach over coach. And I think that, you know, a lot of a lot of times that happens. And, and Los, you said something earlier that I meant to point out. But statistically, the top rushing – um, teams in the league are the most successful teams in the league, and w- which I mean, you, you, when you look at the at the, at the at the two teams that had to buy, they're up there in the top five in rushing, which is the Baltimore Ravens and the 49ers. And I found that interesting. You know, the 
you know, as well as the Seahawks. Like the the more the more you rush the ball, it, it's it's like the the league is turning it turning. Say, it, we yeah. haven't gotten to them yet, but I mean, you look yeah. at what the Titans were able to do. Exactly, just run the My ball. My quarterback is able to throw for seventy two <laughs> yards and a pick, and. I advance in the playoffs. Why? Because my running back ran for almost 200 yards, you know, in Derrick Henry. So, you know, rushing, I mean, rushing the ball, what you said, Los, I don't know if you knew, you know, you kind of knew, but it was kind of like one of those things. You, you, you're you absolutely right. It's statistically proven by what you said. If you're not going to rush the ball in the playoffs, you're going to lose. It's no, it's no way around it. If you don't have a rushing scheme, it's over with. You know, all that finesse passing and all that is out the window. I think um, I think another key, though, you know, it, it, even getting back to the Texans and the, and the Buffalo Bills game, um, was the fact that J.J. Watt came back and played. Oh, he was dominant. I think that the, he was the Texans don't win that game without J.J. No, Watt. definitely not. So it just showed you how key that was. You look at a guy that, what, has been like two or three months since he has separated his right. or ripped his, and he looked torn good. his pick. He looked yeah, good. And, and you look at that, him coming back. And they said, I mean, they said it was risky him playing. Like, it wasn't a situation of, uh, hey, you know, I'm fully good to go and mm-hmm. I'm fully healed and I got no injury concerns. Like, they said it was a risk in him playing that game, but he decided that the risk was worth it, you know, to go out there and be, you know, on the line with his teammates. And they do not win that game without him. They do not win that game. So, yeah. shout out to J.J. White, too, man, for pushing yeah. forward like that. Yeah. No, definitely, especially that key third down play when they had the team and they could have went up to really spread the league out. Um, they were up 13-0, and J.J. Watt made that sack to, yeah. to hold them to a field goal to only leave it to only 16-0. You know, a touchdown or any kind of anything other than three points right there, the game would have pretty much been out of hand. Yeah. You know, they kept it to a two-score game from that big sack that J.J. Watt did. He really changed the momentum on that one play. The That's momentum. To show you that, you know. What's that? The momentum. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know that. I mean, they anyway. Make big plays, you know. Yeah. Um. So okay, so let's move on. If y'all ain't got anything else, nah, I think that pretty much covers uh, that one. Let's talk about man. the uh, the Titans and the the nightcap. Yeah, I enjoyed man. that. I enjoyed oh, that. Yes. I enjoyed that the Patriots fell to the hands of the Titans, and and uh, Ramon touched on it, and all of us did because we are we are great sports man. Uh, when your running back runs for almost two hundred yards, which Derrick Henry ran for uh, one hundred eighty two yards, thirty four carries, and a touchdown, you're gonna win the game. <laughs> you're gonna win the game. Like it's the playoffs. You're gonna win the game. The Titans. Played Smash Mouth. You can see from the opening drive, man, Derrick Henry getting five here, six here, yeah. ten here. Like, it's, it's nothing you could do. The former, the former Heisman winner could not be stopped. And the thing is, is that you look at it, you look at it, Ryan Tannehill only had to throw the ball 15 times. And he threw for a pick. He threw for 72 yards, like I said, in a pick. And they still won the game in one touchdown. That's 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 the formula for winning football. And think about it, some of that seventy-two yards, twenty-two of that came on just a screen pass to Derrick Henry. Exactly. So if you look yeah. at that, really like fifty yards of yeah. true passing, in my opinion, yeah. you know. So that's just crazy to think about the fact. But like you said, Derrick Henry run after run, it was positive run after positive run, and it wasn't two yards or three yards. It was five yards, seven yards. 
11 yards, 8 yards, and you just see, saw it just yeah. kept piling up. You know, the, the Titans remind me of that early 2000, you know, 90s team. You know, they're predicated on great defense and running the ball. And, you know, you don't see too many running backs running the ball 30-plus times no. anymore, yet alone 25-plus times. Yeah. So, you know, to, to see the Titans get back to that formula, the Patriots had nothing. You know, the Patriots are pegged as cheaters. It, you can't cheat off that. <laughs> are you lying? I'm going to line my line against your line. I'm going to get a ball my running back, and we're going to see what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and that's, the Titans didn't give them a chance to cheat off them. Like, I'll give you my sheet. I'm going to run a 46-power right. Let's see what you could do with that. And they couldn't do nothing with it. They didn't have no. an answer. And how, man, I, I like how you out here calling out the Madden plays and stuff. You know, <laughs> dang, okay. But no, but no I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I agree with you. And, you know, like you said, 34, 34 carries for 182 yards and a touchdown. It's, it's, you, you know you can't stop a player if he's running the ball 34 times. And I think the, the Titans, you know, it's not pretty. You know, it's not fun football. But the Titans put themselves in a great situation all year. You know, maybe they didn't have the best record, but they knew they had the best running back, the rushing yard leader all year, you know, just saved up and ready. They said in the last week or so because they knew they was going to give him these carries. Yeah. And it's paying off for him. You know, it's paying off for him. And then, you know, it's just great to really see, you know, one of Belichick's old players come back and beat him in his house using some of the old tricks and stuff he did with the whole timeout thing that he did. Yeah, I was oh, yeah, bring that was, up. I was that was really that. good. Yeah. That, that's genius. Yeah. Like, you eliminate positions and things like that. That's something that he stole from Belichick. And it was just so great seeing Belichick being out Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> he was mad. He was mad. Oh, he, was mad. Like, he, was Wait, he can't <laughs> wait. He can't do that. Wait, <laughs> hey look man, Mike Vabral yeah. You know he's a good he's a good coach and I thought some I saw a graphic and I know the listeners saw it too just how uh, but I'm gonna reiterate it uh, that CBS pointed out and it was just pointing out the record that Belichick had against his assistants and it seems yeah. like the the students yeah. held on to every word because they have great success his, he has a losing record against his assistants and I don't know how he feel about losing to the to the student but let's talk about the elephant in the room. You know, I think we talked about all of the matchups. No, okay, by the way, the, Se- the Seahawks beat the Eagles. We don't <laughs> care. I mean, Carson Wentz went out within the first ten minutes. What do y'all have to say about that? I yeah, mean, I, 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 I think let's, that, let's 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 talk about. I think it. there are true concerns there with durability with Carson Wentz, man. Um, and I think you know, I know that he's a young guy, and Carson Wentz has that that big time deal and all that, but. I just don't know, man. I don't see how he's going to hold up in the league, man. I, I just don't see it. Carson Wentz hasn't been the same player since he tore his ACL a few years back. You know, he's playing at the MVP level. He was the runaway MVP. At that point in the season, you know, everyone was talking him up as an MVP, and that's when, I, of course, Nick Foles took over. He has not been the same player since he got hurt. And he, his style hasn't changed really either. Mm. Carson Wentz needs to take a look in the mirror and say, hey, I need to play a more safer game. This whole holding the ball, running around, he doesn't have the athleticism to be doing the things that he do, holding the ball and running around and taking these shots that he do. And he's going to continue to get hurt until he plays a safer game. He kind of reminds me of what RG3 used to be, you Mm. know, when he first got in the league. He started off as a great player, and the injuries took their toes on him because, you know, RG3 played a reckless type of football where he thinks he's unstoppable and he can't be hurt. You know, and that's what exactly how Carson Wentz is playing at a valuable position in the in the league. 
So I mean, I think I think again, the Eagles won't be good until Carson Wentz gets things together. And it's just sad that they gave up on Nick Foles, thinking Carson Wentz was their future. Yeah, I think another thing too for them though, and something I mean, this doesn't change the whole injury thing with Carson Wentz, but some of his up and down play, I believe too, is is due to the fact that several of their weapons, receiver wise, they were just decimated this year wide receiver. Um, and you never really saw some of the primary weapons, uh, especially you look at Deshaun Jackson and you look at, um, why I'm forgetting your boy that you used to draft every year, uh, Alshon. Way yeah. to put me on the list, Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, Alshon and Jeffrey and all that. I think they also, too, just like I was talking about the Saints, you know, with this deep draft for wide receivers. Hey, man, not too much on my Saints. We had a no, whole 20 no, minutes, y'all get unloaded. I'm just saying. Nah, I think that the 35 Eagles, minutes into the... Yeah, I still want to bring up the Saints. I just think that the Eagles need to look that way as well, man. It's a very deep draft, that wide receiver. And um, I think that that's something else that they need to look at. Um, and then, honestly, man, that was just like a, a tough game back and forth. Really more so of a defensive struggle. Um, but in those type of games, man, you, you trust Russell Wilson in those big games like that. And so, um, I mean, that's... Most of it from that game. I mean, I don't think it's so much more to really cover from that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and it's time to move on. Speaking of, of wavering quarterbacks, you know, we've seen two of the greatest first ballot Hall of Famer quarterbacks in their season or in their 2019-20 campaign in a, in a very negative way. Uh, when we talked about the Patriots, which we both, I like how we did it. We didn't talk about why the other reason why the Patriots lost. The other reason why the Patriots lost because Tom Brady stunk up the place. <laughs> he was missing a lot of throws. He well, he didn't look like the Tom Brady of uh, that we're used to seeing, at least. And, you know, our Drew Brees didn't look too good either. Um, but, I mean, is it time to call it? I mean, Tom Brady has been struggling. I mean, it's no coincidence they lost to the Miami Dolphins the last game of the season and got, got dominated. And Tom Brady had a terrible game. And I told one of my coworkers, he's a huge Tom Brady fan. I was like, man, did you see? He's like, yeah, man, we're going to take it to, to this weekend. I was like, man, did you see how y'all looked against the Dolphins? Y'all didn't look like yourselves. And, you know, Tom didn't look like himself. So, you know, are we looking at maybe – you know, we always we bragged, and I, I know I bragged early in the season about how durable my quarterback is, and how he's in his forties, and how he's still able to play at a high level. A lot Tom as well, and then you listen to some of Tom's press conferences; he's not looking to give it up anytime no, soon. So, how do y'all feel about the greats just declining? Do you think it's another case of father under father time is undefeated, or do you feel like these guys got some more left in the tank? No, definitely. I think it's it's time. You know, sometimes you know, it, it, you gotta call it before the the team calls it. You know, you gotta have your way out before the team forces you out. You know, and every player meets this meet, meets this brick wall. You know, and they missing throws and they can't get the, the arm just don't have the juice that it used to. They may see the mind thinks you know they still got it, right? You know, but the body gives yeah. up on them. You know, before the mind knows. You know, and so I think they right now. And them being older players, you know, with Tom Brady saying there's no chance that he, you know, there's a slight chance that he's coming back, right. something to that extent. You know, I just think that it's time for them to realize that, hey, let some of these younger players come in and learn and get that experience. You know, I just think to an extent, you know, rightfully so, they have the right to do that. I think they're being selfish, you know what I'm saying? And they, like, again, rightfully so, they have that the reason they played up well to this point 
and they're Hall of Fame quarterbacks first ballot, obviously, but sometimes it's just time to let it go. Yeah, I agree. I feel the same way, honestly. I think that for both of those guys and for both of those franchises, honestly, um, I know that they can be extremely appreciative of what they've done, but it's still, what have you done for me lately and what are you going to do for me in the future? And I think that those franchises have to really, truly look at that. And they can't look at the, the six-time Super Bowl winning, you know, Tom Brady. They can't look at the all-time passing yards leader, Drew Brees. They have to look at them for what they are today. Mm. And they have to look at them for what they can contribute to the uh, organization going forward. And if they aren't the right ones for the organization going forward, I think it's time to move past. We talked about the Saints already having Teddy Bridgewater in their back pocket. You got to make that move. <laughs> <laughs> we got silence on the pod. <laughs> but having but having but having Teddy Bridgewater in their back in their back pocket. Huh? <laughs> Everybody listen to the pod like what are they talking about? They have no idea the inside Good. inside jokes and nothing like that. And so you can't have a guy that walks away from your franchise like that. Now the Patriots aren't in that same position right now. But they've let guys, they've let guys walk like the Jimmy Garoppolo. Your uh, your boy Jacoby is up and down. He's up that's and down. your quarterback. Yeah. You gonna talk yeah. about your quarterback? I, that's honestly how I'm gonna talk about him. He's up and down. He's inconsistent. But you've seen guys that really could have been tutored and grown and developed into those roles that the Patriots have had that are now gone. So honestly, I think the Patriots. What about your boy that signed with the, the Texans? And then he could sign that big, huge contract with the Texans. Come on, Brock Osweiler. Never that. Never that. But I think that, that both franchises have to plan for the future. I think that the Saints, to me, have a more logical transition when you already have that guy yeah. there. Now the Patriots, they have to figure it out because they've had guys there who have now gone on to other situations. Uh, but I think, honestly, in this upcoming draft, which to they me is Yeah, but it's not a great quarterback nah, draft. It's kind I mean, of a weak draft. And then the but, thing is, but, is that they're in that Jordan Love area. area yeah. Area. And and I saw Jordan Love play with my own eyes against LSU, <laughs> yeah. and he looked terrible. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. But, I don't know what's out there for them, honestly, but, in this draft. But. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you, Ramon. I think that, you know, just to take the, uh, I guess, the, the Saints' uh, edge of it, because I'm, I'm more privy of that, because, you know, of course I'm a fan. I, I do agree with you. I think that Tom, Teddy Bridgewater will be an easy transition. It's time for us to see what he can do with a full su- full season of offseason. Where what's interesting is that there going to be a lot of people tugging at Teddy. It ain't going to be like last year. You know, Teddy went 5-0 and with us, and there are other teams that are dying to get a quarterback. Um, they're dying to get one, what, whether it be the Dolphins, yeah. a steal. What if the Patriots decide to move on from Tom, and they try and to come get Teddy? Teddy. And they That's will do I'm it. Saying. And they you, will you do got, it. They you, will do the it. The Saints can't let that. You know, even Pittsburgh is facing that same yeah. thing. Ben's like, oh, uh, I want to finish out my contract. Dog, you got two years left on your contract. Like, you know, you ain't getting no younger. You proved, you know what I'm saying, you wasn't really that that great, mm-hmm. you know, even when you were healthy. So, it's kind of like with the Saints. I mean, we can't, we can't, we can't let this, we can't, we can't uh, let, let the ball drop with this. It, it's a simple, it's a simple decision to be made. But I feel like Gail and I feel like, 
along with the rest of the staff. I don't I don't feel like they got the balls to do no, it. I mean, it's, well, it's gonna I'm have, sorry yeah, for the kids, yeah. for the minors, but I don't feel like they have the the guts to 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 move on from Bree. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be the loyalty thing, honestly, and I I kind of see. It then you got it don't help that Sean Payton is is. Is uh is it has been with Breeze pretty much his whole like prime and and uh, Peyton has gotten his extension. So what what do y'all think about the trash theory? To I mean to me it's trash. So I'm going to let my opinion out there. Uh, some people saying that basically Tom Brady and um and Philip Rivers should just switch spots, get Philip Rivers out there in New England no. and Tom Brady out there with the Chargers. No, what does that do for either team? I don't know who what I don't know if we even should address that because <laughs> that is buffoonery. But that's a trash theory. let's not even give him any fuel, Ramon. I don't know. You probably heard that from one of our, one of our Facebook followers. Not are, just that, bro. It's not like it's not like they're a sports fan that are uh, Bama fans, but never stepped foot on their campus or anything like oh, that. But I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> By the Slide way, bro, I posted on my Facebook. If you didn't make the playoffs, you shouldn't have much to say on the matter. And guess who followed to my comments? A Bama, Bama fan. fan. <laughs> I saw that wrong. Ironically, right. yeah. But anyway, wait. When does Bama playoff game? They played their belt. They, oh, okay. They yeah. they, 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 they struggle the with the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, so uh, yeah, man. I think that, that that pretty much sums it up. I mean, I think that the Saints got we got some big big decisions to make this year. I think that it's gonna be for the future. We draft well. We we've proven that we draft well, but. I feel like I feel like when those rookies take off fast like Marshawn did and Marcus did, we hold on to them. Like, man, this is what they could potentially be. Man, they are who they are, man. Question, question. This is slightly different from what you were just mentioning, but we were talking about the Drew Brees situation and talking about Tom Brady. Um, and so we know what happened essentially to me to the Patriots dynasty. Like, I think that dynasty is over. Uh, so looking at that dynasty, who do you think deserves more credit for that? Out of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, who do you give more credit to for that dynasty? I think Bill Belichick. I mean, simply put, just now, I mean, and he was able to get pretty much scrubs to the playoffs, you know, and, and people don't want to say that, but, like, literally Tom had no one to throw to, and they still was able to make it to the playoffs and still almost advanced. So, I mean, just the mastermind of his scheme, you know, uh, they're cheating. You know, documented <laughs> cheating. I hate to I hate to do that, but they have we have to. Oh, we yeah, have you to shouldn't do it, hate to do it because it is have, what it is. They yeah, cheated. they're documented as cheating. They about to hit, they about to face this next yeah. issue where they about between, to get the, yeah. between the flate gate, spy gate, and this new this new three time thing. They have to have an asterisk around their success. They do cheat, but I don't take anything away from Bill Belichick's uh, genius. You know, but, you know, six-time champion with Tom Brady, I, I feel like if it wasn't for Belichick, Tom wouldn't be where he is today. I think Tom does owe that to, to Belichick in a lot of ways because Tom has never had to, you know, even primetime one Tom, Tom has never had to go and escape the pocket. He's always had great protection. They've always had great schemes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> but they've always had a good scheme. They always had, a, you know, they always able to find the James White of the world or take a mediocre running back like the guy at LSU, uh, Falk. Hey, chill bro. I mean, so much. He's mediocre, man. But he always able to take an average player 
and make him great. On top of that, he's always able to take the, the problem child like a Randy Moss or, you know, uh, that big boy. I forgot uh, who's played for the Texans. The big you talking about the yeah, Will Ford, yeah. you know, and, and, and make them, you know, relevant or make them, you know, great. Now, you know, in the past couple of years, they've been failing at their little projects when they try to take in Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. But, you know, you know, they historically, they're very good at taking in the problem child. But, you know, I think you got to give it to Belichick for more credit than Tom. What do you think, Lois? No, I, so one, it goes to Belichick to answer your question. Definitely because of all of the reasons that Rob mentioned, um, you know. But again, you also have to you have to you have to put in the the, the cheating and the things that they've gotten caught for, uh, because they had those advantages. You know, you look at you look at the things that they've done, right? You know, you look at a player, a, a coach that's as detail oriented as he is. He back going back to the Super Bowl with the Rams. He wanted to see exactly. I knew he was going to tie to the Rams some <laughs> kind of way. He wanted to see exactly where Sean McVay was lining up on punts because that was an indicator of, you know, when the Rams were going to fake it. You know, he's seen that. So going back to that, as detailed as he is, he wanted to see where Sean McVay was lining up on the sideline because that indicated when the Rams were going to fake punts because he's seen it all year. And then going back to this year where their film production was just filming a series you trying to tell me that they were just filming it for a scouting or whatever it for, whatever it was for. You know, I think they was really using that, you know, to um, get more information on the Bengals of all teams, the worst team in the NFL. They was using that to get more information on their signals and stuff. But again, as detail-oriented as he is, you know, um, you know, and as smart as he is, he used that as an excuse, but still about to lose, you know, maybe picks and get heavily fined for it. You know, so again, the success goes to Bill Belichick because he still had he's he's able to swap out talent year after year, you know, and and stay relevant as a team. You know, I don't know if that due to the cheating or what, but he, they still stay relevant every year. I mean, it has something to do with a little bit with their division too. But now, as you can see, the Bills are getting good now. You know, the Bills actually have a team. They don't have a division where they can just run through anymore. They have a team that actually can compete with them, that can give them losses or give them trouble now, um, you know, and put pressure on them. So I, I'm glad that, you know, we're starting to see towards the end of the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just thought that. I just found that interesting because I see that, you know, kind of a lot. And some people lean Brady's way. Some people lean Belichick's way. I've always leaned Belichick's way um, as far as who has more credit for the success because I honestly think, too, that if you put – and this is not me trying to diminish Tom Brady at all, but yeah. I believe if you put other quarterbacks, if you put your Drew Brees of the world, you put, you know, your your Aaron Rodgers of the world or any of those guys to me in that situation with the Patriots, I believe they do the same thing, honestly, that Drew that um Tom Brady was able to do. So, I mean, Tom Brady is great, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think I still attribute it more to Bill Belichick. So, it's kind of wanted to get y'all thoughts. It's kind of like this. Uh, are you on the credit of the success of, of a team on the wide right, receiver or more so the quarterback? I would go with quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, coaching and quarterback relationships are important, but I feel like, it, it, you know, it's like a match made in heaven. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You know, one, once one c- couldn't survive without the other per se, 
But I feel like if you were to put a little mediocre quarterback, which has happened before, where he's had a Jacoby Brissett to coach and was able to continue to win games. Yeah, I mean, he took to the playoffs with Matt Castle. Yeah, and, you know, same with Sean Payton and and Teddy Bridgewater. was a backup quarterback, quote-unquote, but he was able to go 5-0 with him. So I think that it all all takes for a coach, it's their responsibility to make their offensive scheme tailor-made for whoever's under center for them, so... Therefore, I would default to the coach being the most important piece of a quarterback-coach relationship. Um, so we covered a lot of NFL. We we knocked that week wild card weekend out. So yeah. you know we'll just go through the matchups that that are uh, in play that has taken care of. Now that I'm able to talk about it, I hate I hate myself, guys, because I after the Saints lost, I didn't want to watch a single down of football more. But the foot, but the sports fan in me won't allow me to escape it. It's the worst feeling ever. I know that y'all felt that from week one because y'all, uh, y'all didn't make the playoffs. Man, chill out, <laughs> chill out, chill out. But uh, so the divisional matchups are set, and um, I want to kind of get. I hey, we gotta start writing down our predictions. Yeah, I, typically we do that, but it just kind of slipped by. Yeah, it happened so fast this, uh, this time around. It's when you have a job, man. When you got a job, when you got a full time job, you really don't have time to really. But uh, so we got the 49ers and the Vikings, which I hope the 49ers whoop their butts. So I'm gonna go 49ers, and but I, I don't like their fans, so I kind of cause it's a win win for me. So either one lose, then it'll be fine. Then you got the Titans and the Ravens, Texans and Chiefs, Seahawks and Packers. We got that going to the conference finals. Uh, I got the 49ers. And I got um, the Ravens, obviously. I got the Chiefs. And I got the Packers. So I'm going all the higher seeds. Not so fast, my <laughs> friend. I think the I think the Titans could upset the Ravens. And um, the reason being is that the Titans have a very, very good defense. Uh, they proved it last night as well against the Patriots. So, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go to Titans then. Nah, I think the Ravens are going to get them. I think the Ravens will win that one. Okay. I got I got the Ravens-Chiefs matchup. Um, I have the 49ers advancing. I'm a little back and forth, to me, honestly, on this Green Bay and Seattle one. And it's just because, I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers so is a bad clutch. man. But Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson man. man. Russell Wilson in the playoff runs. That defense is playing pretty well recently, uh, especially even getting more of a pass rush, you know. Um, so, honestly, right now, I'm going to pick that it's going to be an all-NFC West, uh, like, NFC championship game. I'm going to go uh, with the 49ers and with the, um, and with the um, Seahawks. Seahawks. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go ahead. I already said for, I'm going to go 49ers. I'm going to go with the upset and say the Titans going to win that one. Then I'm going to go the Chiefs. I, I think the Chiefs. I don't even think the Texans belong there. I think I right. honestly feel like I honestly feel like the uh, some of the Bills? Or yeah, I feel like the Bills could have gave the Chiefs a better game than what the Texans will. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go um, Ooh, that is tough one, man. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very Seahawks tough Seahawks and Packers. Uh, sheesh. I'm going to go ahead and go Seahawks. I'm gonna go ahead and go Seahawks just because I feel like they're dirtier. I feel like they're 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 battle tested more than the Packers are, and I, I feel like at the end of the day, Russell just feel he just 
He just knows how to get it done. So I'm, I'm gonna go like you. I'm gonna go uh, see. I feel like Seahawks 49ers NFC Championship, and I feel like uh, Titans and Titans and Chiefs uh, AFC Championship. So we'll see what happens. That uh, that that pretty much wraps up the NFL. Uh, we're going to should we should we cover the college football? Oh yeah. Okay, man, you've been itching, man. Yeah, Take it away, Ramon. You know what's coming up, man. I mean, it's come down to it. Uh, you know, we had the playoff semifinals. We saw that LSU just thrashed Oklahoma. That just wasn't even a fair fight at all. And, um, you know, Clemson and Ohio State was kind of what we all truly expected for that to kind of be a dogfight, a slugfest to really come down to the end. And you saw that game, you know, legitimately come down to basically the final play. Um, and so now you're looking at an all-Tigers matchup in the national championship. You're looking at a matchup to claim, okay, who the, the real Tigers, the real Death Valley, all that going forth. Um, I think you heading for a heck of a matchup, honestly, between those two teams. I think you're looking at two teams that some people are saying they're mirror images of each other. I don't really see that as them being mirror images of each other, but I think that they are similar. Um, I think that one interesting debate, and I'm you know interested to see what y'all feel about it. I kind of have the way that I think y'all will lean. But there's been this debate on who you trust more in this moment out of Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. And Joe I kinda Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow, hands down. I mean, I'm, I'm going to choose the guy that that has, that has went 6-0 and against top 10 teams this season. Um, uh, Joe Burrow is teaching a battle test this extremely battle tested he went through the toughest league in, in college in the nation and not only that he's handled it with class and you know I, I think that the Tigers I, I don't think they're gonna have any trouble with Clemson I probably right. I probably have one of the the, the hot takes I, I, I feel like LSU's gonna walk in there and dominate Clemson well well I'll say this and I think the conversation is a little more closer than what people realize just because Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game you know, and that's huge to say from a player that was a true freshman last yeah, year, coming into this year as only a true sophomore this year. You know, the guy has shown in that last game against Ohio State that he has the hit factor, that he was making big plays, you know, here and there. And he was making plays on that long run that he made against Ohio State, that he kept dragging his team in that game, even when they felt like they were out of that game. So. You know, I think, you know, you can't go wrong with those. And I think the, the future is bright for the NFL, for those players that come into, you know, with Joe Bear obviously being a number one pick this year, and then with Trevor Lawrence being possibly a number one pick next year, you know. Yeah, so being a saint. It's just really, it's really. When we go three and 13 next season, <laughs> draft Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, but but like you said, I think, you know, a big key, as you were mentioning with Trevor Lawrence, is that in the Ohio State game, when there was him facing true adversity in this season for, you know, potentially the first time in this year, and when the team kind of took away what would be his typical way of beating you, he found another way to beat you. People didn't think going into that game that Trevor Lawrence was going to lead that team in rushing. You would have never said going into that game – you got Trevor Lawrence and you got them having Travis Etienne in the backfield and you thinking that Trevor Lawrence is going to lead them in rushing, but that was the way that they could get it done against Ohio State. Now, like you said, leading into this game, I do I do believe that LSU will, in a sense, handle Clemson. Um, I do, I have felt for a while that it would come down to this. Like, I was one of those people that I never really got off and said, hey, Clemson ain't this, they ain't that. I always felt that 
You know, I know they're in a weak conference, but still, they were in a weak conference last year, and we saw what it came down to big time, money time, what they were able to do. And so I think that Dabo is a heck of a coach. He's a, a heck of a coach of finding a way to constantly motivate his team. He figures out a way to put a chip on their shoulder every time that they touch that field. So I think that they will be prepared. I think that Brent Venables, in my opinion, trust me, I, I, I appreciate David Randa. I believe a lot in David Randa. Brent Venables, to me, is the brightest defensive mind in college football. I believe that. Now, I don't believe that he's going to come into this game and win this game, but what he's going to do is he's going to give Burrow some looks that will kind of confuse him at times, I'll say. Now, we can, Burrow may come in and dice him up, but what mm -hmm. he likes to do, he shows you something pre-snap that's completely different from what they're actually about to run, and that's what they did against Tua last year in the national championship game that threw Tua off so much. They look like they were running man sets and then they'll jump into zone, you know, right as they bought the. So I believe that Venables is going to have a solid game plan, but I believe that LSU just has too many weapons. There's a team, yeah. when you have a guy in Jamar Chase, you have a guy in Justin Jefferson, in Terrace Marshall, in Thaddeus Moss, you got Clyde in the backfield. It's just too many weapons. And at the end of the day, LSU, each week they've come into it, they said, that the stuff that they saw on film is not what these teams run against them, and they still able to adjust to it on the fly, which gives me the confidence that even though Venables is going to have some looks that they probably haven't seen, they'll be able to make the necessary adjustments. And I think that our offense is just too potent to not get it done at this point. All right, let's do it, man. Predictions, man. What's the score? What's this, what's, what do y'all anticipate the final score of the national championship game to be? Oh, it's gonna be some points scored, you know, and I, I and I think it's gonna be somewhere in the forties, you know. And I'll say right now, I think LSU end up winning by ten points, thirty-seven, forty-seven. Yeah, I was gonna go forty-five, thirty. Can we write this down this time so we can like, <laughs> like, all right, Lowe's, you said I, I'm writing it down with my unsharpened pencil. Oh, here's a pen. All right, you Lowe's thirty-seven, forty-seven. LSU winning. Alright. I I got uh L S U winning forty-five to thirty-one. Forty-five thirty-one. LSU. Ramon. Uh I I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go forty-one. I'm gonna go forty-one twenty. LSU. Dang. I think that our defense has been playing really, really well. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with uh, Michael Divinity's coming back. Is that his first Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Michael Divinity's coming back. I think that uh, Grant Delpit is playing like the the All American that he is, first round pick that he is. I, I, I mean, I, defense has been getting better and better every week since like the last week of the season. So I'm gonna go ahead and go. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go forty one twenty. I think that Trevor is gonna. Uh, I mean, because what Trevor has been doing, and he's gotten better. Is that throughout the the beginning of the season, the issue with him is that he's been trying to trying to chase after the big play. Yeah, you know, and when he started playing, he's trying to live up to the half, height, right? He's trying so in the second half of the season is more so he's been taking what what the defense has been giving him, but I feel like the defense is gonna be real real stingy now. If Etienne go off, which I think he will, because they, there's been reports that we've been. Sending threats, which some well, idiots. I'm not gonna say we don't say idiots, yeah, yeah idiots, say not we. not yeah. us, yeah, idiots that, that yeah. idiots that call themselves LSU's fan, LSU fan, because LSU fans don't act that way, right. 
or sending threats to Etienne family. So I don't feel like I feel like that's all the motivation he gonna need to try to dominate us, in which he has the ability to dominate us. Um, which I'm seeing that um, DeAndre Swift is the number one rated running back. But I feel like once they go through their workouts and once the combine comes, I think Etienne is clearly the best running back clearly. in this class. Clearly. Ooh. Over Jonathan Taylor. Ooh. Over Jonathan Taylor. Over, over DeAndre. Diamonds. Over DeAndre. Yeah, over Diamonds. Over DeAndre Swift. We're going to have our draft prep. Okay. Yeah. Ramon, you know I'm good at this, man. Yeah. Like, every, I do it every year. I always call out the... We're going to start writing that down, too. I always call out the best rookies in the class. I, what I've seen out of him, his size, his makeup, I mean, he he's special, bro. He's special. I like uh, that's no knock that he's special, but you made it seem like it's Etienne Gap and then the rest oh, of the Oh, no, it ain't, it ain't a gap. I'm, I, I think that he's better. Hey, I but, agree with him, bro. He is special. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> I agree that he's special, <laughs> but... I, I, several guys up there that are comparable in my opinion i don't i don't view it as hey this guy is like boom and then it's like these guys okay i view all of those guys to me being in a similar space which is why i can say i can see etienne being on top of your rankings but i could also see rankings with etienne as the number three back and be completely fine with those rankings that's just my opinion i think that those guys are comparable up at the top all right it's gonna be an interesting dynasty draft that we have because you know we doing our dynasty league this year. So. Yeah, OB dynasty league. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, maybe you'll get an invite. Hit us up <laughs> if you feel like you're worthy. Um, what else we got? I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know, I ain't about to go into the NBA right nah, now. Nah, we can yeah. wait that. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. Nah, man, that's the hit. I'm stuck. 
That's an awesome break. Wait till these big games. Yeah, to the game. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be NFL college football heavy for the next like couple weeks. It was something interesting I had to bring up though. Um, oh, Tua, yeah, Tua makes his announcement. Ah, uh, there's no need. Yeah, because when they <laughs> when, when they hear this, <laughs> Tua's gonna Tua's announcement is gonna be public. Yeah. Oh. So shout shout out to Tua shout for the decision Tua. he made. <laughs> right, shout <laughs> out to Tua, man, Tua. I don't know. Yeah, yeah by the time yeah. this come out, like, whatever. Shout out to uh, Should we don't? Should we like make like guesses or like how Bama? What's up? I mean, but it's gonna make it look crazy because this ain't gonna come out by the time he makes his decision. He makes his decision. I mean, the fans understand. The fans understand. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> Do they? I'll be having them hit me up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, dog, this came out like a week before. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah. mean, think of the facts right now is he holding a press conference with his head coach. You know, like, do you make that type of move to say you're coming back? Or do you, you know, or do you make that type of move to say, hey, I'm moving on to NFL at this point? You know, and I, do, I think the biggest thing right now is the injury. If he wasn't injured, I think it would be no question to be gone. You know, I think that's what's putting question into if he's going to come back. Because if he does come back, he's going to have he's going to need time to rehab and all that stuff. So at this point, looking at all the facts that's out there, I think it makes sense for him to go ahead and make that jump to the league. And I think a, a, a team is going to take a chance on him, knowing they're going to have to rehab him and maybe redshirt him for a year or half a year, um, knowing they may have. So a perfect situation right now would be. Like a team like the the Chargers, right? A Chargers take a, a chance on him. This is assuming he goes to the league, right? You know, they they sign Philip Rivers for another year or so. You know, be that bridge quarterback or something to that extent, and then hold on to Tua. You know, and give Tua that time to to regroup and to rehab and to get healthy that next following year. So I think that's the type of situation he has right now. Do you want to rehab for half a season or for? You know, or be possibly get hurt again next year, Alabama, or do you want to take his resume, what he has now, and go to the league? I think he's holding his press conference to go to the league. That's my prediction. All right. Well, by the time you hear this, listeners, the decision will have been made. So keep that in mind. I think Tool is coming back. Uh, the reason why I think he's coming back, I don't think he's done enough to get the money that he wanted to get. I think that if he didn't get have had that injury, he would have without a doubt been a, maybe a top 10 pick. But since the injury, I think that it's going to cause him to fall to like the late first round, early second round, which caused him to get less money. I think that he's going to continue to rehab, come back, um, dominate the college front, become who he who he's known to be. I think he has unfinished business. Uh, I think he's been exposed a lot this year. Uh, as is, but being that he has injury concerns, I think that he'll probably stay another year, rehab, stay another year, dominate, and become, uh, you know, become a front, uh, uh, a mainstream guy like he once was. Yeah, um, I would say for me, I think, um, I think he's gonna go. I think he's gonna leave. Uh, if you pay attention, even right now, I know things are obviously subject to change. Uh, but he's still viewed as a top 10 pick in most mocks right now. Todd McShay even still has him up as high as number four. Um, do I think he goes number four? I don't think that. Uh, but I think right now it's still, it's it's a lot of uncertainty either way. But if he rehabs, comes back in college and something happens again, then okay, 
that's kind of it. So it's like, at this point, I think you have to strike while you have the chance and the opportunity. I think he has to listen and hear, you know, what are these, what kind of grades he's getting. I mean, Saban said he's getting the top 15 grade at this point. Um, he mentioned him as the only player, which I think Nick Saban was lying about that because we all know that Jerry Judy will definitely be a top 15 pick. We know most likely if Ruggs come out, he will be too. That's a whole other thing. I don't know why Saban was acting like he only has one player that's going to get drafted in the top 15. Like, stop lying. Um, but as it relates to Tua, I think that uh, ultimately he does go. And um, ultimately, the selfishly within me, I kind of want him to go because I don't want to see him next year. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want to see him next year um, oh, in man. Tuscaloosa. But I wish the best for Tua. He's a good guy, stand-up guy. Um, good player. Good player. Um, so, and I mean, it's, it's, he's earned the right to have this this media circus surround around, around his decision. He's earned that right. I mean, he's been, you know, he has a heck of a resume if he do decides to go. Um, but at the end of the day, he has to do what's best for himself and his family. So we wish him the best. Um, hey, I have a question. Why are you, you wrapping that one up? I want to know what y'all predictions are on the round that. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Oklahoma quarterback. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, I'm sorry. I had it and I just lost it. But Jalen Hurts, what round do you guys think he get drafted? He's an interesting one because of what he's done. You know, he's shown that he, he, he can be what the new age quarterback can do, run the ball and all that. He can show he can make some throws. What round do you guys think he get drafted? I think he get drafted probably like late fourth. I think he gets drafted sooner than that. I have him pegged this no to me no later than the third round, but I could see him slide I could see him slide into that second round status. And the reason why I can see him slide into that second round status is just kind of the new age that you're seeing of quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he kind of fits that that prototype right there. Um and I think that honestly we know that he's not this guy, but I think that Lamar Jackson's success helps him. As far as his yeah. draft status goes, but I, I mean, even watching, even watching Lamar in college, I don't think he was really. I don't. To me, I, I don't look. I don't see Jalen. I don't put Jalen where Lamar is because Lamar, even in college, was I, to me was had a had a great arm and showed accuracy. Like Jalen missed a lot of throws, and I think Oklahoma's system helped him a lot this year. But I mean, I he was more accurate this year though. Yeah, I think he was more accurate, but I don't think he was on like Lamar's level as far as success in college that that I saw. Like just the eye test, me, I always knew. Yeah. I kind of always knew Lamar was gonna have the success he's having now. Well, well, this is what I'm saying. I I don't I agree with you as far as the standpoint. I think that Lamar is a better prospect and is a better player yeah. than Jalen. Yeah. I'm just saying I believe that Lamar's success is going to help Jalen on Yeah, they're going to give him a long look. I think that. that his success is going to help Jalen yeah. on draft. But, I mean, do y'all feel as though? What, what, what do you think, Los, yeah, as far as draft-wise? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, I agree with you guys, but I think, you know, you I think he's going to end up in the second round. I think um, because of what he's going to do at the Combine. You know, it's going to always be a coach out there that thinks that they can yeah. coach him up to be and fit their system. You know, and you look at the quarterbacks. And somebody like Baker Mayfield, who's been up and down so far in the league, can go number one overall. I think somebody like Jalen Hurts that, that I think he can put up better numbers at the combine, um, you know, I think he could at least get into the second round. 
you know, um, his numbers that he's going to put up. But, I mean, again, I think a coach would think that they can coach him up and put him in the right place and, you know, um, use his leg and be an extra weapon out there. Um, so I actually like Jalen Hurts, you know, especially if you're going to be one of those teams that's not going to invest in, invest in your O-line. Um, get a, a quarterback that can move around, that, that can run out on the edge. So I like Jalen. I'm not sold on Jalen as an NFL quarterback. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm just not sold. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah I'm on the fence with it, but I, like I said, if I just have to peg where I think he'll go, I think he's a second or third round guy. I would probably peg him closer to the second round, but that's not me saying that I think that Jalen Hurts is is you know going to be the guy with franchise, but. Yeah. It just it just all do, it all depends, man. You did bring up a good point though that you know both of y'all did, which I would want to change what I said fourth round. I say early third, late second because you, because of the combine and workouts and what they're gonna see he he can do at with his athleticism and everything off the field too is gonna also help him out. Oh as well. yeah, I know he's at the a end stand of the up day, guy, right? Know, he's I, never been in any, any type of trouble. He's an intelligent guy, so I know he's gonna blow him away in interviews. So, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ramon. Yeah. I, I'll raise it up. I, I, I'm with you then, Ramon. I agree with you. Second or third, Ron. Second or third. All right, man, we did it again, bro. We, we you know, we, we surpassed everything. We got everything covered that people want to hear. We appreciate everyone for listening to us and being patient with us. We know that we haven't been pumping it out as frequently, but, you know, just, just know that we're doing it just as better as we ever have. We got a lot of things coming up. Make sure that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever that you are listening to us on podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio as well. So if you if you listen to any of those platforms, make sure that you subscribe. Uh, put a friend on. Uh, let them know about the podcast and what you feel about it if you're feeling us. And we appreciate all the support and love that we've been receiving. And until next time we record, we out here.